What's up, everyone? Welcome back to our Eight Dimensions of Wellness podcast series. I'm your host, Gabriel, and today we're going to be talking about social wellness. Check it out. Before we get started, let's talk about what we mean when we say social wellness. According to SAMHSA, the social wellness dimension involves having healthy relationships with friends, family, and community, and having an interest in and concern for the needs of others and humankind. Our next guest really embodies this definition. Meet Damon Mendez. Damon is the director of the Living Legacy Rec Center in Luray, Virginia. The Living Legacy Rec Center works to elevate vulnerable youth and area residents by providing opportunities for personal development and fellowship. They are committed to the welfare of the community and are engaging the community, specifically the youth, using healthy prevention strategies while providing a safe space for those that need one. Now they do so many awesome things at the REC and they have great partners and volunteers, but Damon is the one who spearheads that and keeps the place running. But probably most important, he serves as a mentor for all the kids that attend the REC. He has an incredible life story, but I'll let him tell it. Damon. How are you? Thank you for doing this for the second time. Of course. We sat down uh, a few weeks ago, but we had some audio issues. Uh, but I would say this is a, even more of a testament to who you are. You know, I hit you up and I told you, you know, hey, man, I'm sorry. I think we might have to do it again. <laughs> and you didn't even budge. You said, let's do it. Yeah. And, you know, we're back here. So I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We're here doing our eight dimensions of wellness. We are on social wellness. And it's crazy because I feel like we were just talking a few seconds ago before I turned on the camera. I could have used you for occupational wellness, uh, spiritual wellness, physical wellness. I mean, we're in a kind of unconventional area right now. So why don't you first just start off by describing where we are, because um, it kind of looks like we're in a dungeon right now. So give us some context. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is, um, so first, overall, we're in the rec center which is uh, under the umbrella of Living, Le Living Legacy, which is a nonprofit I work with. This is our gym. Uh, the NWF is nothing without focus. Um, about, been here for a year and three months now. So beforehand, it was just dirt floors, nothing in here at all. I came down here and just saw a gym yeah. and spoke to Pastor King about it, Audrey King, um, and told him what I saw, what the vision was. And he said, if you see it, make it happen. So little by little, um, I brought some of my own personal equipment in and then we started off with like three kids and then put the word out that I wanted to get a gym started. And then every single piece of equipment in here, minus one, two pieces is donated. Yeah. So everything in here has been donated. Everything in here was the community driven and yeah, yeah. And I can't confirm that because just today, uh, was Brandon yeah. was dropping off a treadmill. Yeah. And it's cool because he was saying that when he was working, he was at a house and someone was getting rid of that. And he thought about this and he knew what you had going on here. So I just think that's cool that people in the community are, are aware of what you're doing and people are trying to help. And you did see a vision. Every time I come here, I try to get a, work in, a workout in with you guys. And I can confirm it's a great space. 
I love the feel, the equipment, and I think you're trying to also add a cardio station in the back room. Yeah, we're we're attempting to grow. Yeah. Um, we're the goal would be to put all the cardio equipment in the back room and have more power racks and heavier weight up front. Uh, we currently in town had one of our gyms shut down, so we're kind of lacking a public gym. Mm. So um, if if there's any way uh, God provides for a way for us to be able to facilitate and get some extra equipment in here for the people to use, then why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully it keeps growing. I know you have big plans for 2023, yeah. and I think it's going to go great. And, you know, before we get into social wellness, it's kind of funny. I bet if, you know, if we talked about the Damon you were five, ten years ago, you would be surprised that I'd be sitting down interviewing you for social wellness yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and so why don't you explain a little bit about your past who you are how you've come to uh become the role model that you are now and that'll take us on a journey to kind of explain how amazing it is now that you are so rich in social wellness right um so life in a nutshell i guess you know what i'm saying um uh some would say my life was a little bit difficult uh mom got sick when i was eight uh, she got cancer. Uh, when I was 12 years old, she passed away. Um, my father then, I was living in Northern Virginia at the time. Uh, when my mother got sick, my dad was handling and dealing with his own things and uh, he left. So it was me and my sister uh, taking care of my mother along with my mother's side of the family and my dad just, he moved to Texas. Uh, when she passed, he came back and uh, I went to Texas with him. Uh, living in Texas, we lived in a suburb called Manville, and then Alvin, and then I went to Alvin High School there and ended up in uh, Southwest Houston for a while. Okay. Um, living in Houston is when I got into a lot of my trouble. Uh, me and my dad never really saw eye to eye because of what happened between him and my mother. Um, so we were constantly butting heads. Uh, first time I was kicked out, I was 16. Um, I was on the streets for a while. Um, dropped out of high school you know to me like I have a lot of friends that similar story so to me it's like same story that you hear all the time yeah um, but after that I battled really heavy uh, with alcoholism um, sm I started smoking and drinking when I was 13 and that was uh, after your mother that was after my mom died mm -hmm. uh, I rem my mom died I had a friend um, nickname everybody called him scoop and uh, he came over one time and um, just brought out some weed and I was like, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. Just anything, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's when it started. Um, and then I started drinking just, um, uh, it was Mad Dog 2020s and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, like I started doing that at a really young age. Anything I could do to, at the time I didn't realize it, you know what I mean? But it was coping. It was trying to figure out a way to numb. Cause my mom was, she was my best friend, man. Yeah. Like I, I, the memories I have of my mother now, um, I'll be 39 in March, uh, so it's been close to 20 some odd years since she's been gone. Um, majority of them are when she was sick. Mm. Um, I have family members that'll tell me, you know, your mother loved you, this is what y'all used to do when you were a kid. You know, those memories evade me. But um, when she died, you know, it was a really, really intense thing for me and that's what kind of started my spiral into drinking, into drugs. Um, got in a lot of fights, you know what I mean? Just just acting out as a youth. Yeah. Um, so. And you had mentioned you you were probably a rambunctious kid before, but not how not like this after your mother. Yeah. No. Um, mom, like I said, my mom got sick when I was eight. 
So when she started getting sick, like with chemotherapy and radiation treatments and things like that, um, she, she wasn't able to like really watch or monitor what we were doing yeah. at times that we, my older sister. Um, so my older sister was working. Um, so she was helping pull the load there from what I remember. Um, but for me, I was just hanging out with the wrong kids. You know what I mean? Like, and I still, now we've grown out of it and I still hang out. I still talk to those kids that were with me during those times. Um, but at that time we were just kids going out and just doing, and I hung out with kids that were probably twice my age. Yeah. Um, just because they were who were there and that's how that worked. I wanted to make sure we highlighted that because it'll come full circle when we talk about the work that you do now. Um, but your story, I think the reason why you're so good at what you're doing now is because you can resonate with a lot of these kids. 100%. Same. I mean, and, and, and sometimes some of the things that you've been through, a lot of them haven't been through. So you can even say, look, man, I know what's on the other side of that. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, but I think you left off somewhere in Houston. Yeah. So um, living in Houston was culture shock for me. Uh, we When I lived in, because we lived in Manassas, it was suburbs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, was a, it wasn't a bad neighborhood. Like it was cool. Um, schools, you know, was, wasn't anything too crazy. Uh, when I moved to Texas, now at first I didn't live in the hood. You know, I lived in like a, a trailer out in the country. Um, the schools we went to, though, like there was seventh and eighth graders, gang activity, kids mm. with tattoos on their necks. You know, like I never seen any of that before. So um, it was a, a huge culture shock. But for me, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily afraid because I was so mad inside because of my mom, because of being back with my father. Um, my mom's side of the family was always there for me. So when I got taken from them, I was extremely upset. Yeah. I was under the impression that it was only going to be a few months. Uh, it wasn't. You know, I ended up living with my dad for a very long time. And um, for that point, it just, I did a, a song. I used to write a lot of poetry and stuff. And in that part, it was like, I felt like my entire family was on an island and I was just kind of floating away on a raft. You know what I mean? Like, they're there. I was so used to that. And then it just, something brand new. And so when I went to these schools and there was these fights and stuff, like I was head first, you know, I, I, I dove in, you know what I mean? Because I didn't even know how to fight, you know yeah. what I mean? But it was a release for me. And so I realized at that time that that's, it was okay, sure, whatever. Even if it hurt, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it was, at least it was a, a feeling, if that yeah. makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense because sometimes, you know, and I think that's why you have a lot of grace because sometimes people will look at troubled kids who have antisocial behavior or just can't get right and they go, what is wrong with this person? Um, but it seems in your case, it was very clear what circumstances led you know, to you acting out and that's not who you ultimately were or who you would ultimately end up being. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important that you understand that and I can see that as you work with these, these, these young kids. Yeah, I mean, it's important you know, for me, it's, and they always say, you know, had I had a place like this, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, or I wouldn't have gone through what I went through. But, you know, had I not gone through what I went through, I wouldn't be able to help the youth as I'm doing right now and be able to have that empathy and honestly, because you gotta be authentic, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you could come here with, and this is nothing against, because I'm in the process of getting my education for it. But you can take all the tests and get, but if you have the life experience and you understand to an extent, because some of these youth, my, my life pales in comparison to what they've been through. Um, but to, to no pain, to no hurt, to no death, you know what yeah. I mean? To, to know what it's like to lose people. 
um, they they sense that, and so that's where it comes to a, a respect issue. You know, yeah. like I respect them for attempting to push through, and even if they fall off, they know I don't judge them for it. But yeah. I have expectations of them to not use their life as an excuse, and that's what I try to explain to them on a daily basis. Like I get it, something real bad happened to you last week, but that's not an excuse to come here and be disrespectful. Let's talk through it. Let's figure out. Like it, it's something that my pastor told me that. It's been resonating with everybody. It's okay to have emotions, but don't react emotionally. Like, let's let's work through these emotions so you don't fall back into who you were. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Not not using your trauma as an excuse is is a very delicate thing, but it's an important thing because mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to build resiliency and and have things in your life that I mean. It's it's a tragedy what what goes on in some of these kids' lives, yes. and and life is just unfair in that point. But you're trying to give them the tools to make sure that they can persevere mm-hmm. amidst all of that. Yeah. So, um, and that's a really a really tight rope to, to to walk. I just find it's just honesty, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I've always I'm always an honest person, yeah. you know, to a fault. You know what I mean? Sometimes you know I'll I'll speak to my wife before I before I send a message or before I say I'm like yo does this sound okay? <laughs> Because to me, like I say it out loud sometimes, I'm like, oh man, that sounds bad. Yeah. But for me, it's just I have to be, I have to be honest. No. And so that's what I deal with with a lot of my kids. Well, some of my older kids, I tone it down for the younger ones, especially my kids in high school and stuff, because they know what it is. They they go through similar. They know. So to me, I'm like, you don't have to sugarcoat. No. It. We were just working out, and you were you were you were dropping knowledge, and you stopped your workout to do it, and you were. You're, 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 it's very honest as well. Like you're giving yourself and you were saying like, look, this is, I can only tell you what I know and what, about, yeah. what I've experienced. You have the agency to do what you want, but I'm going to let you know the insight that I have having gone through some of the things mm-hmm. you're facing now. And like you said, some of these older kids, they've seen things. It's not like you have to, uh, tip around, uh, you know, tiptoe around things. It's, yeah. You're just honest with them. Yeah. And I think they respond well to that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's necessary, I think, because if not, they've been lied to and um, they lose trust. Trust yeah. is huge. Consistency yeah. and trust is huge in this, I, I, I want to call it line of work, but it's not, it's lifestyle. Like, it, it's a very, it, it doesn't stop. You know what I mean? I go home, I, I get phone calls 1130 at night. Hey, man, this it, it, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. But the, it's honesty. It's consistency. It's them knowing that they know they can get the real from me. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be like, yo, man, oh, okay. I just like, look, no, what you did was stupid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you, 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 that was a dumb. You, you're yeah. not stupid, but what you did was stupid. So this is how we can work around that. And when they come to me, I welcome that because I love the trust that they put into me. So whatever I'm doing, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. My phone rings. I answer it. You know what I mean? And again, it's just I, like when I went on Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? I went to go see my father for the first time. My whole fi- that side of the family, first time in three years. Uh, a couple youth called me while I was on vacation. You know what I mean? My phone rings. My, you know, my wife gives me the gives me the, <laughs> I answer it. You know what I mean? Because like you know, in that moment, you yeah. know what I mean, they could be on their last rope. That's what I'm saying. It and never stops with you. It's selfless. I, yeah, and you it, said it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Um it it really is. And so to wrap up, you know, because I want to get deeper into this, but you have the trouble childhood, um, 
teenage years and that led ultimately into your adult life from yes. what I can understand. Yeah, I mean it it didn't stop um uh September September eleventh my sober date. I've been sober for a month, a year, two months and like seven days. Um but and that didn't happen until I found God. Mm. Um being saved, finding God, God saved my life, got me sober and in turn that filtered down into my entire family. Um but yeah I I drank copious stupid amounts um <laughs> and whatever I could get my hands on. Um I, I smoked a ridiculous amount of marijuana. Uh, my tolerance built so much with each of those to where it wasn't enough, and I, I would take a pill or two, um, and it was just to to numb. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I thought, like because I've always had to to an outward appearance. You know what I mean? Back then, like people thought I had my stuff together. You know what I mean? Because like I, I I'm a fairly smart I'm a fairly smart person, confident in myself. You know what I mean? So like I can put on that facade of I'm good, everything's all good, blah yeah. blah blah. You couldn't tell if I was high or drunk, you know what I mean? Because like I could just, I was good. I was used to it. From I was you functional. Told me, yeah, I was to say, so yeah. you seemed like you were very functional. <laughs> yeah. Which is almost like a false sense of security, I feel 100%. like. 100%. For just, you know, if you have a blatant problem, mm -hmm. it might give you some, you know, kick in the butt to try to change things. But I think you were coasting, you yeah. know, maybe the wrong way yeah. in reverse. It was working. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there was no, <laughs> at that in my mind, I'm like, yo, I got this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like get up in the morning, like I, it, it was get up in the morning and you know, it, it, there would be a beer on the stand from the night before. First, I mean, I'd wake up and get up and just reach and drink a hot beer. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's just, that was my life. Yeah. And it just continued. And like I said, when I had my daughter, we were talking about it. You know, my daughter, she, she's nine years old. She's, um, and when I had her in my mind, I was like, yo, I'm done. Yeah. There's no way. You know, I'm not going to be my father. You know what I'm saying? I turned into my father. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was, it, there was no, now I was not uh, mentally abusive towards my daughter. I wasn't physically abusive towards my daughter, but she saw me and saw what I was doing on a daily basis. And I thought that if I didn't make it obvious or make it, not make it obvious, but make it weird you know yeah. what i mean like all right i got a beard i'm smoking a bowl as long as i don't hide or it, she's gonna be like oh whatever like it's dad's medicine you yeah. know my business you know <laughs> you thought if you could just <laughs> yeah you know, like that, <laughs> make it ubiquitous yeah you know what i mean like oh, it's every day you know don't worry about it and that to my in my mind was working yeah and then um it, it, it wasn't because she saw everything i did yeah. and now it's a um oof, it's a it's a um, it's amazing to see where we are now yeah. because she saw me um, as a drunk smoking pills. You know what I mean? Like she saw all that. Yeah. And then now she sees the positive people coming to talk to me. You know, I'm in church. I'm a leader in my church. And, you know, I can't, you know, this is absolute all glory to God, man. Like God saved my life. And in turn, it caused me to be who I am right now. Mm. So you 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 found God uh, how long ago? Because I know you finding God and then being sober. Was there some time in between you were you were finally able to to, to get a grip? So when I came here, I did um I was doing construction work before I came here. Um, uh, just battling depression, anxiety, just in a really bad spot. Um, told my wife that I just wanted to quit. Like I couldn't do it anymore. I was crying at work. I was crying on the way to work. Like I was just all messed up. And it was hard work too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was bridge building. It was and like, so that, I did pictures. that job and it was a great company. 
one of the most the best crew I've ever worked with or worked yeah. for. Great guys, you know what I mean? Really supportive. Um, the work was ridiculous, but it was fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people I was with and it had nothing to, it was just me. Yeah. And um, you know, we left on good terms. I still talked to them, you know what I mean? Um, but it was just uh, I had to stop. You know what I mean? Like I, I just and none of this would have happened without God. If my wife wouldn't have given me the okay, you know, uh, I went to her and I was just like, I'm done. I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I got anxiety. And she just told me to quit. And she'd been working from home for, or not working, she hadn't been working at all. She's been staying home for two years. Um, uh, and she didn't think twice. She yeah. just said quit. Now, had she just been like, man up, I need you to go back to work because we need this money, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, you know, and so and it's like all glory to God for putting that into her heart and for her just not even questioning the fact. And then what happened is um, I Googled rec centers because I've always wanted to work with kids, but it's just never been a possibility. Um, and this place came up. I started talking to the treasurer um, and then I met uh, at the time was Audrey King, who's the pastor of VR Church, which is the church I go to. Um, and I met him. And then when I was working with the youth, they said that they wanted me to come to a church service. So the church service used to operate upstairs. Um, we've since moved, but before all the church went on upstairs. And before I found God, I was an atheist. I didn't mm -hmm. believe in God at all. I'd go out of my way to argue with people that God didn't exist. Um, and they were like, hey, Mr. Damon, you got to come to one of our services. Yeah, I don't really do church. You know, they're like, oh, so we're going to do something cool afterwards. All right, bet. I'll come. I'll sit in back. We'll do whatever. Uh, showed up, sat in the back, minded my business. The guy in the front, they had a guest speaker at the time. His name was um, Gatlin. Um, he came up and was preaching a real good sermon, you know what I mean? But to me, I'm just sitting in the back waiting for it to be over. I wasn't too concerned. He drops his head into prayer, sits up and looks straight at me. He's like, you, sir, the back, back corner, shaved head. And I'm turning around. You, turning around, moving your head. The Lord, the Holy Spirit's worried about you, sir. And, was, and you know, at that time, it's when I just quit my job. He's like, what you were doing wasn't working for you and you stopped. And you're worried, you're concerned. He's like, but God told me to tell you that if you dedicate your life, if you dedicate your life to him for the next 12 months, he will manifest himself to you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, trust him with your life and God will show you the way. And I thought it was bogus. I thought that my pastor told him about me. <laughs> I thought that everything was, I, I didn't believe it. So I went to him directly. You know, I was like, yo, did he tell you about me? And he was like, no, no, that was God. Mm. And I was like, and I went, I didn't believe him. So I went and talked to my pastor. I was like, yo, did you tell him about me? No, sir. And I was just like, and at that moment, like I was just like, all right, you got my attention. Mm. You know what I mean? But I was still drinking. I was still smoking. But I was like, you got my attention. I'll be back next weekend. You know what I mean? I'm going to come back to church. Went home and told my wife. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going back to church next weekend. And she was like, all right. And she wasn't about, because we were both on the same mindset. You know what yeah. I mean? She was atheist. I, we, when we got married, we didn't want God in our marriage. None of that. And um, it's, I got baptized. And then um, I was really battling with it because now people were starting to see me. And I was starting to work with kids. Okay. And I can't push don't drink, don't smoke on kids. Me anyway. Yeah. That's how I had the conviction you in my keep it heart. 100 and you, you, yeah, you, I am. That, that's, that's me. That's who you so are. So I can't do that. And I can't tell you don't drink, don't smoke. If you smell liquor on my breath and you know I'm smoking weed. Yeah. And so um, they told uh, pastors like, read the book of James. So I read the book of James. And after reading the book of James, 
I stopped and nothing happened. Like the first time I tried to quit, it was shakes, cold sweats, throwing up, uh, headaches, irritation, everything, anxiety, like crazy. Like my heart, everything would tense up, my face would get numb, uh, nothing. Wow. Nothing happened. No, no, no side effects, nothing. none of the physical nothing. stuff. I didn't, I didn't even, I don't even have a taste for it. Like I, I don't even, I don't, I don't miss it. I don't, I, nothing. So it seems like your mind was made up yeah. and it just, your body followed. Yeah. Your, your mind was like, this is it. And your body's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, and it's, it's, it's realizing it's, it's bigger than me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's bigger than, and I had to understand this in a time, I'm not going to turn this into no kind of sermon or nothing, but it's, it's understanding that putting God above everything, yeah. above your family, above your wife, above your daughter, God first, everything else filters down and it's the truth. And once I started doing that, you understand that it's, this is, this is my purpose. This yeah. is my calling. Uh, I'm here for this particular reason is to work with the youth, to show them that they aren't their families, you know what I mean? To show them that there is growth. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't beat them with the Bible. I, 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 my job isn't to save people. You know what I mean? My job is to show them the love of the Lord. And then in doing that and showing them what God has done through me shows them that it's possible for them. Yeah. And then through that, God will work. And so that's, that's where, that's how that happened. I got, that, that's, that's how my sobriety took Man. place. Hold that thought. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got to wrap there to make sure that we're still going. Oh yeah, we're still, still good to go 24 minutes all right good i'll make sure we're going here all right perfect all right take two um so with with all that you know i'm i think it we need a context for you know where you started where you came from, from where you're at now mm -hmm. And, you know, social wellness is all about building, you know, healthy relationships, you know, with in your personal life, but also building healthy relationships in your community, sustainable relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that you do that, you know, you've talked about how you don't necessarily hang around the people that you used to hang around, you know, when you were drinking and smoking all the time. And you've talked about how, you know, now you put positive things into your life you know, you feed the positive and you, you preach the same for the kids and you also provide them an outlet. You said earlier that if you would have had a place like this to, to where you could come socialize and not, you know, have an unhealthy outlet, you think it could have changed things for you and mm -hmm. you could be, you know, you're glad that you're here now, but it's always like, I think I could have got here quicker if I didn't have to, to go through what I went through. So right. what's your approach when you, you know, when you try to build healthy social relationships with these kids and, and what are the things that you try to reiterate and what are some challenges that you see? The approach to the kids <clears throat> is just, I see what they're doing. I am, uh, <clears throat> hip is only, I, 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 I just, like I said, I'm sober now and it just happened. So like I know, and I know the traits, I know the smells, I know the actions, I know all that stuff. And I've told them before what I see them doing with it's like, I can't walk for you. Yeah. And I heard that on the, one of my favorite movies, ATL. 
But he's like, you know, I, I can't walk for you. You know what I mean? But I can, I can guide you on where to walk. Yeah. But so the approach is starts off and has always been honesty. Like, this is what will happen if you continue to do what you do. The excuses are leaving you now because we're providing you with the space. Yeah. You have anger issues. All right, I got to punch them back. I got people upstairs I can speak to you. I can speak to you. you uh, you're hungry. We're cooking food for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I got these mental health issues. I, I, I'm battling demons. We have, we have mentorship. We have Support. mental health Mondays. There's always... Something that pastors told me, and, it, and it's just, we find, we see a void and we fill it. So whatever is going on, we are finding, a, we are filling that void. So we have programs here every day, and we're open every day. So we are removing the excuses. Yeah. Uh, I can't force them to come, but the goal is to make this as approachable and as enticing as possible for them to want to be here besides going to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite speaker, I think his name is Aaron Davis, that I, I had the privilege of hearing one time, he said something that stuck with me. He said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. 100%. You know, it's like, just show me who you hang out with and I can tell you where you're going to be in 10 years. And he 100%. said, it's a, it's a perfect system. Yeah. And you kind of say this thing like, you have... You just need to you you got to come here. Right. So if you're here, I can I can work with you. Right. And I can I can help you, but you got to get here. Yeah. You know. So I feel like half of you know building social wellness is making sure you're putting yourself in an environment and around people who are going to make sure that you're improving, even just through osmosis. Yeah. You don't you know it doesn't have to be so uh, you know blatant, but if you just surround yourself with yeah. good people who are doing good things you're going to pick something up yeah like i don't even like i want you to be involved like i want you to take part in the programs but if you just walk in the door and you just sit down i'm glad you're here yeah you know what i'm saying and to go with what you're saying it says in the word that bad company corrupts good morals mm. you know what i'm saying so it's it you can have every great intention in the world but if you're surrounded by people who either want to keep you where you are because they like you as that person and if you and if you were to grow, then that takes away from them. So it's their own selfish selfishness that's keeping you at where you are. And that's another thing I teach the kids is you know you have to realize who you're around because some people don't want to see you at your full potential because yeah. you at your full potential means they're staying here and you're moving up. Yeah. And and it's it's another you know one of my favorite quotes is you know I never want to see anybody starve, but we can't eat at the same table anymore. Uh, and uh, to any. I still talk to some of my old friends, you know, they still reach out, you know, we still have somewhat of a, you know, a, a relationship. But once things changed, once I wasn't the guy who I was before, and I stopped fighting and I stopped drinking and I stopped smoking. And I, I even tried, you know, I would go to a party with like a six pack of like black cherry soda. And just <laughs> and go like just sit around and hang out with my homeboys. And it just it wasn't the same vibe anymore. I feel like, especially too, if you're not intoxicated, yeah. you, you start to see things for what they are. Yeah, and, and then they would expect the same me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, oh, well, so and so, let's ride. Like, no, man. I'm, yeah, I'm leaving. See y'all later. You know, y'all, good luck with that. You know. Yeah. And it's and it's it's a mind opening thing to to realize to people, and that's what I tell my, you know, my youth. You know, your day ones, your, your ones that you know, ah, my boys, he's got my back. Try try to do something against the grain. You know yeah. what I mean. Try to go the other way than what everybody else is going. I heard something crazy a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
forgot who said it. I want to say maybe even Kanye West, not even trying to be. He was like, <laughs> he said, if if I'm running in short shorts and a tank top down the highway, sweating, people are going to think I'm crazy. He's like, but if I get 100 other people to do it, it's a marathon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. if you decide to do something on your own that's against what the popular consensus is or your friends, they're going to call you crazy. They're going to call you weird. And, it, and so it's once you know who your people are, you the, the people around you want you to succeed. Yeah, You know what I mean? The people around you want to see you be as... as the best you, even if they're not involved, at least you're elevating. You know what I'm saying? And so that that that's what I try to stress to them is it all goes back to that. You know, the bad company will corrupt good morals. You you could you could want it all day long, but if you're surrounding yourself with people who don't want to see you succeed, you're not. Yeah, I I think that's really gets down to the essence of what we're trying to you know inform people about. Um, I don't think we can say it any better than that. I guess my thing is before we wrap this up, do you want to let any of the viewers know what you have going on here and whatever help if anyone's inspired or if anyone wants any advice for something they might be trying to do in their own community, you know, what would you recommend or, or just tell us what you have coming up? Um, so this is the rec center, man. Uh, West Luray Recreation Center, Luray, Virginia, um, 630 West Main Street. Um, we have so many different programs here from the gym program and the gym we're sitting at. We do yoga. We do mentorship. We do uh, youth leadership programs. We, we feed the kids every day. Um, we are in desperate need of volunteers. Um, just always. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just, that, that's the thing. You know, volunteers, people that are willing to come out here and put in the work. You know what I mean? If you got an hour out of your day, you can come through. Awesome. Um, we're doing a huge Christmas craft fair for the kids, uh, selling, we we're starting to make candles this week. You know, I was, the kids are making their own candles that we're going to sell for fundraisers. Um, there's donations, op donation opportunities. It's livinglegacyloray.org because living legacy is the nonprofit that the rec operates under. Um, and you know, I'm not, I don't want to call myself a role model. You know what I'm saying? Like I do what I do because it's. It, it's a passion of mine. Yeah. It's it's something that just feels like that needs to be done. Um, when I got here, I didn't realize the condition and the state of the youth until I started. Audrey King uh, is an absolute blessing, and what he does for this community, and I I, I consider myself like an understudy of his. Um, what, introducing me and showing me what it's what's going on around here. If you see what I saw and are told what I've been told, like there's no way that it can't move you in such a way to want to do something. Yeah. And um, it, anything's available. You know what I mean? Like there, there's so many different options to help through donations, through time, through uh, just just reaching, checking in on us. You know what I'm saying? Um, the youth, and it's not just to, any way to help the community yeah. in general. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different, like with, with PACA. Or, you know, there's so many different nonprofits that are trying to come to the same conclusion as in like helping the community. And so any way that that can get done is you know, is the greater goal. Well, I think also it's simple things. If you want to be more, if you want to contribute to your community, if you want to seek out good people, it's like just doing what Brandon did today. Yeah. He just thought about it and he acted on it right and now he made a connection and he he, he gave a gift that's going to yeah. be used every day yeah and it's just taking step i think the, the, the 
one of the main takeaways is like you have to just take that first step whether yeah. it's surrounding yourself with better people taking the first step to you know you know i'm actually gonna go to church all right i'm actually gonna give this a chance right it, just being open um taking the first step to be that you know one person if it's a positive running down the highway right <laughs> starting your right. own marathon yeah um but yeah man i i just i i hope people can get that and understand that you know everyone has agency to improve their lives in, in any sort of uh of the eight dimensions of wellness but i wanted to make sure we talked like i said if we didn't have someone for spiritual or occupational right. you could have you oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm available like oh, I, I just I, I completely dig what you're doing i completely like i, I love the fact that y'all are doing it, everything that y'all do is a, a, a complete awesome thing um and all i can say if anything is just like to do something is to just to do something, you know what I mean? Like to come out, like I said, I have the quote over there and I got it from my buddy's a big Star Wars freak. And he told this to me when I was, back when I was drinking and I was attempting to stop. I was like, man, I'm trying, I'm trying. He's like, you do it or you don't do it. Stop trying, do or do not, there is no try. And he was like, that's from Yoda in yeah. Star Wars. You know what I mean? But I was like, and that's what I'm th like, for the people who want to help yeah. or for, you know, like I'm here, I'm here every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm here every day. I get here like at 12 o'clock. I leave around 7 every single day. Yeah. There are kids here that need help. There are a community at large that needs help. We have the connections. If anybody's looking to do anything, I'm here. But stop mm -hmm. talking about it and do it. It's a different thing to say, oh, I'm going to put your feet to the ground and put some, we have plenty of work. You know what I mean? There's work to do throughout this entire community at large. You know what I mean? There, there are a hundred Lorays, you know what I'm saying? Like all over the place. And if we start here, it can grow. It needs to be bigger than just Loray. You know, we're trying to reach the valley. You yeah. know what I mean? We're, tr we're, we're, we're trying to go everywhere. Yeah. And so it just takes for that common goal of everybody understanding we can, you know, it's like we can make a difference. You can one person at a time reach these people. And it's not about, you know, you know, one person at a time, make that connection, start building relationships. And through that, you can cause change. Mm. And it's just, wanting to do it what and is it do or do not do there or do no not try. there is no try and people think it was like oh don't try you gotta try so yeah yeah of course <laughs> you have to try but be, be consistent you know yeah. it, it make sure that you are disciplined enough to continue so like you know and like i said when he told me that when i was trying to stop drinking he's like you're not trying do it you know stop now you know what i mean the same thing like you want to work with the community start now tomorrow yeah. you know good make a move you know yeah. what i mean like nobody's going to come to you you do it you know mm -hmm. you have to put that work in you know like it's it's keep on going back to trivia you know faith without was it faith without works is dead you know what i mean like you can have all the but if you're not putting any work in to do anything it's just you're just sitting still yeah so you, you, you that's what i could urge you know what i mean if anything does either go out and help your community there, yeah. there are kids, there's people, there's always an outlet somewhere to do something. And go local, man. Go, go to your rec centers and see what they need. And yeah. you can change lives, even if it's just one. You know, everybody says, you know, one life. But it's, it's once you do that, once you get somebody that comes to you, <laughs> like one of the kids is like, dude, I look at you like a father, man. And like, I started crying. Mm. I'm a baby, dude. I cry. <laughs> I cry all the time and I just started crying. I was it's like, good, man, man, but we, it's just, we gotta cry more, you so. know what I mean? And so, but like, once you hear that, or once you get that feeling of, all right, I'm making it like something's changing around here and I might've had a small piece. Like That's I'm it. just a face, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm all over the place. And so like people see me, they associate the wreck with me, but it takes, 
it takes the village and i tell people now like it takes the valley yeah. right because like there's so many people that are the the cogs that keep this machine going and i, I am just one piece of what goes on here at this center there yeah. are a, a, an insane amount of people that keep this thing going and um shout out to every single one of them, <laughs> you know what i mean like I, it, it would be forever but again so yeah that, that would be that. well nevertheless we appreciate you I appreciate you for sitting down with yeah, me. Man, of course. Thanks a lot. Um, and that's that. That's that. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Take Thank it you, easy. sir. Yeah.